dropping in this week to update you on a happening over at adfreeshows.com. Yes, I'm sure you've heard of it by now, but what you may not be aware of is Conversations with Conrad, a special series hosted by the Podfather himself that includes wrestling royalty, key decision makers in the wrestling business that rarely sit down for interviews, but our guy Conrad, he sprinkles that magic dust and is getting it done. And if you haven't heard last week, part one with Jerry Jarrett was made available exclusively at adfreeshows.com. Check out a sneak peek. Jerry, I've run across a guy down here who plays bass guitar but he's the, got the best looking body I've ever seen. Long blonde hair, and he's getting a little thin, but you can dress him up. But if you can make a wrestler out of him, you can make a fortune. So I said, send him up. So sign up now to hear it all over at adfreeshows.com and get caught up now because part two is on the way next week. Plus, you'll gain access to the exclusive sit-down interviews Conrad has already conducted with both Jim Hurd and Jim Crockett. It's hours of content you won't find anywhere else. Available on both audio and video, not just a Zoom screen either. It's fully produced video with pictures and images of the stories that are being told. So sign up today and begin enjoying all the perks of your membership immediately over at adfreeshows.com. Get your something to wrestle gear at brucepritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. Say something I don't. Give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. Fuck you. you, Bruce. Ah, look. You, you, you take the Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm listening to you. Oh, really? Well, you said you're listening to. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. But I'm listening to you. I'm Bruce Pritchard. I'm Bruce. Hello. <laughs> you all right? Hello. <laughs> you okay? Hello, I'm Bruce. You know that story. So, worked with Ozzy Osbourne one time in Baltimore, Maryland. And the reason not, because we were just in Baltimore. Uh, and so, Ozzy, man, great guy. Absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, incredibly talented. Uh, super fucking good guy. And we had Ozzy for, uh, he was going to, had a new album coming out, was going to sing his new hit single. Uh, rising on the billboard charts, boys and girls, you're really going to dig this from Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. Um, but Ozzy was, was there and he was going to do his new hit single, just, you know, rising up the charts by God. And Ozzy came in and Ozzy was absolutely fan-fucking-tastic. He was great. During the day, came in, did his rehearsal, realized that Ozzy didn't know the words to his new song. So Ozzy had to have uh, uh, a teleprompter to get him through the lyrics of his new song. Not an ordinary, you know, that's something that a lot of uh, stars do when they're in concert. They go through so many different songs and they'll edit them so they'll have the lyrics on a teleprompter a lot of times. Ozzy was one of those guys. And um, absolutely, again, I, I couldn't. I, he was one of those guys that you'd say, man, give me an Ozzy Osbourne every week. I'll work with him every, every day. He was that good. So then Ozzy left to go back to the hotel to relax. Ozzy came back. I met someone else <laughs> when he came back. And, uh, he was a completely different, uh, different cat when he came back and he was eating chicken breast. Okay. Like big fat, juicy chicken breast. And he was picking it up and he was eating the chicken breast and he wanted to say hi to Vince. He kept asking me, is Vince here? I love to say hello. I did the WrestleMania, you know, with foreign bulldogs and I like to say Hello. And so I go and grab Vince and say, hey, Vince, Ozzy would love to say hi. Bring Vince in. And Ozzy's sitting there. And he's got the chicken breast in his hand, in his right hand. And it's got sausage shit on it. And Ozzy bites into the chicken. And when he pull, and he sees Vince. And so, like, he goes to pull the chicken out. And his teeth came out. And then he just kind of, like, puts everything back in and then goes to shake Vince's hand with the, the chicken juice and all the stuff all over it, which was again, a high spot for me. Um, but then I'm back there, man. And, 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 and Ozzy and, uh, some of his folks, man, there's a little bit of jealousy in the band and shit. Cause other guys have gone on and done single stuff and solo careers, if you will. But again, for a legendary rock band, I don't think that you could ask for a cooler locker room to be able to just sit and and listen to and talk to all fucking great guys, even when Ozzy came back in a different Ozzy. And so we're getting ready to go do the, uh, the bit I'm going to do with Ozzy. And he was going to do something with Jillian Hall. And Jillian's gimmick was that she was a bad singer, but she thought she was a great singer. 
And I'm explaining this to Ozzy. And I says, so Ozzy, I said, you know, you've got to kind of look at her like, you know, oh, fuck, man. Uh, basically keep practicing deer or something along those lines. And, and, uh, she's horrible. Well, that's okay, mate. You got what? And he's just quite mumbling in words. And, you know, and he, well, if I did, I said, man, so we're trying to rehearse it and he's just not getting it. He's not getting what I needed. And we're going live, live in Baltimore up on that shit fucking stage and it's it's like i gotta go live with ozzy and so i tell ozzy i'm looking at him i go dude i said you know what man i just i just need you to be you i just i just need you to be ozzy man and he looks at me dead in the eye and goes i'm ozzy i'm ozzy yeah i'm voting ozzy and just kept repeating let me know no i'm ozzy as if I was confused now <laughs> at this point. And I was just like that. Because like, oh, I'm, I'm Bruce. I'm Bruce. I'm Bruce. Bruce, I said, how's it going? How are you? And you launched into an Aussie story. Is it going to be one of those days? I'm for it. I just, it wanna- is. It said, no, no, no. I, you didn't say, how are you? You said, um, you're listening to. And I said, I was listening to you. I'm Ozzy. Right, Spider? I'm Ozzy. You're not Ozzy. I'm Ozzy. I'm Bruce. You're Connie. Connie? I'm Connie. What? <laughs> Why are you doing oh. the Jim Ross shit? I'm, I'm not doing Jim. Oh, fuck you, Jim Ross shit. I'm doing goddamn Ozzy shit. Oh, okay. Why are you going to get hot about Jim? Uh-huh. So we continue our path through the Wayback Machine, Bruce. 15 years ago, we're covering No Mercy 2006. We briefly touched on what was going on in SmackDown land in our Unforgiven 06 podcast, which you can check out in the archives. Let's sort of set the stage for you here. King Booker is the world heavyweight champion. Batista is attempting to become the world heavyweight champion again. Finley is the U.S. champion. Paul London and Brian Kendrick are the world tag team champs. Gregory Helms is the cruiserweight champ and the Miz has just debuted. What you talking about? What's up with that? Oh, thank you. I was, I'm doing fucking Willis. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant. I'm doing Willis and I'm, I meant to be doing. What's up with that? So on SmackDown from Columbus on September 5th. Hey, I mentioned I haven't slept a lot lately. I got that, buddy. You didn't Not have to explain that. All. I'm sleepy, Connie. So, uh, the show airs, it's a taped era for SmackDown and Booker T would pin Batista in a world heavyweight title match after some interference from Finley. And we talked quickly last month about this, but wasn't it time to, to, to see Batista get some dominant wins in order to get back in the swing of things for the world title or were you guys sort well, of I think Batista was, was dominant just in his own right. You know, pretty much. I think that, uh. You looked at that big monster and Dave was kind of a slow build and I think it paid off in the end. Also on that show, the Miz is going to pin Matt Hardy with some help from Gregory Helms, starting the longstanding tradition of the Miz and Matt Hardy wrestling each other like 50 times a year. 
Uh, two more things from that SmackDown, Bruce. Ken Kennedy. Hey, can, can I say one thing though, real please, quick on my please. friend, on my friend, the Miz? Yes, please do. Oh, we're, hey, I know where we're going. Cause we don't talk about shit, you know, in current. You told right? me not to. Huh? You said I we know. couldn't. We're not like, no, we can't. Okay. However, I, I can, t- can, can we talk about, uh, we can talk about pop culture. We can talk about dancing with the stars. I don't know. Can we, do we need to ask? Yes, I, I can. Okay. Okay. So I want everybody, Hey man, vote for Miz. Yeah, you know what? There's not a hardworking guy in show business than Mike Mazanin. And you go back to this time, and here he was busting his ass every single night. He's on Dance with the Stars now. Show your support. Vote for the Miz. You can vote like 10 times on your phone. It's real easy to do. They give you a number to text to and everything. You text it, and you just write Miz. And boom, that's a vote for him. Vote 10 times for him each week. I'd greatly appreciate it. I know he would greatly appreciate it. But he does have the highest like uh, numbers of any guy on the show. Did you know that? I do believe that. I mean, he's, yeah. got, a, he's got a whole built-in audience. Well, right? I mean, no, he's got, like, as far as his dancing, his dancing review numbers. Oh, you're saying from the scores. From the he judges. And I got you. Yeah, scores. That's what I meant. Yeah. So, I mean, he's busting his ass and doing good, and he's a good guy. So, um, you know, show him a little love. Okay, that's all I got to say about that. Fresh, fresh. And goddamn, Connor, you know, can't help help somebody out. You give him a little fucking backhand plug and shit. Hmm. You know. That so, just kind of melded into a couple of different things. Yes, it's going to be one of those shows, folks. Hey, boys and girls, here's the message. Go watch Dancing with the Stars and go vote for The Miz. Yeah, you don't uh, have to watch it. Just get his number and vote for him. I knew you couldn't say Actually, go watch. You should be watching Raw on Mondays and then just get Mrs. number and vote for him. Wait, that show runs head to head with Raw? It doesn't matter. It it's yeah, no. Just get his number and you can find it online. I'm looking to see, because I'll be honest, I I don't watch. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. Fresh fresh. You got to get hot about it. I'm about half hot already. And, and, and I'm, I'm sleepy. I'm grumpy. I'm tired. Um, not really stressed, but my back is fucked up like a motherfucker. And, um, yeah. And it's hot in here and it's like 30 degrees outside. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. So we take it back. God damn it. Don't go watch the Miz. Just vote for him. Take our word for it. He's doing well, please. Two more things from SmackDown. Ken Kennedy says he's beaten everyone on SmackDown at this point and is thinking of moving on to raw, but Teddy long comes out and announces he hasn't beaten everyone. And he says that Kennedy will be going one-on-one with the undertaker. With no, the undertaker. That's probably the biggest test in uh, WWE at this point for Ken Kennedy. Right? I mean, anytime you get a pay-per-view match with the undertaker, it's going to go one or two ways, right? Well, I think that would be a high point in most people's careers to be in the ring with the undertaker at any time. So yes, I just thought you were talking about Teddy Long's promo. 
Which is tremendous. Probably. It'll be a tag team match with the Undertaker. The uh, Undertaker. The Undertaker. That's good stuff. What? Why so, can't I stop? Did you I say, say please I, stop? I said good stuff. Oh, I thought you said please stop. No. So I can see you, but I can't hear you because you're mumbling again, and then you're saying my hair looks nice when I know you're saying mean things to me under your breath. So William Regal cuts a promo on Vito, who's doing a cross-dresser gimmick. And Regal announces uh, he was to face Vito, but he was sued for sexual harassment if he doesn't get a new opponent. And it's Bobby Lashley who defeats Regal in under five minutes. What do you remember about Vito in a dress? Uh, that was Vito's gimmick. That was something Vito wanted to do. He wanted to wear dresses and said, if you want to do it, then take it the whole way, you know, and wear it all the time, which Vito did. But that was his idea. That was something he wanted to do to make himself different and stand out. Frankly, I applaud that. Well, shout out to Vito. Uh, Greg Gagne, your old pal was let go on nine 11. Why is he my old pal? I like Greg. You make it sound like I don't like him. I like Greg. I called him your old pal. Yeah, but you did it in a mean way, folks. He did it in a mean mean way. I can tell over there brushing his goddamn beard out now and all that. You took your shirt off. I did because, well, because it's hot in here. Uh, Trying to be cool and comfortable. Do you have a song that you like to sing sometimes that has the word hot in it? The first few words. Uh, Something about you say I got a brand new record that I got a place. She says, not now, boy, but I did anyway, because I'm ready. So ready. Ciao. Thank you. Why didn't Greg Gagne last in the front office? This is a guy who obviously had grown up around the business in the AWA, spent a lot of time with WCW. Then he has an opportunity here and just didn't make it. Why do you think that was? I think that Greg in, in a lot of ways was, I don't want to say stuck in the past, but a lot of Greg's ideas during this time were rooted in the past and, and in a very, um, simple format, but one that worked for them in the Midwest in the AWA. So of course, Greg is going to look at, Hey, this, this worked for us. In the territory days when my father was champion and had the territory. And the other thing about it is, is don't get me wrong, Greg Gagne, you want to talk business and you want to talk the wrestling business? I think that Greg Gagne is one of the smartest guys that I've ever had the pleasure of, of doing that with. I just don't think that he was up to date enough to, to really hang. And um, the a lot of guys will come in with that kind of experience and want it to be the way it was then. And it would business had changed quite a bit. Your old pal, Simon Dean is tasked with replacing him as the booker of OVW. And there he is calling right now. Shit. Hold on. <laughs> The final episode of SmackDown on UPN is September 14th from Worcester. Were you happy with the move from UPN to the CW? Did it make a big difference? Do you think? I I don't think it really did. I think perception wise in some markets, maybe, but everyone kind of looked at it. At least I don't know about everyone. I know I looked at it as, is more of a lateral move. 
CW appeared to want to do a lot more with us and have have involvement in in their programming, their original programming and things of that nature, uh, more so than UPN. But I I just kind of looked at it as more of a lateral move. Ken Kennedy is going to defeat Ray Mysterio after Vicky and Chavo bring out Dominic to distract Ray. So geez, Dominic's been making Ray lose for 15 years now, Bruce. That damn kid, I'd kick that kid to the curb. It's trouble for Ray, you know, it's just trouble. Well, yeah, and Ray's not, you know, at this point, I don't think Ray's really sure if that's even his offspring. Sure. Got some of that Latino hate in him. I get it. You know, you know. So Vito, Vito's going to defeat Regal by blocking a sunset flip and sitting on his face. So, yep. Anyone with a pen? Lashley earns a world heavyweight title by defeating uh, Finley by DQ and his triple team by Booker in his court, which is Finley and Regal before Batista makes the save. It feels like Vince McMahon would have loved the tag team of Batista and Lashley, wouldn't he? Ah, uh, two of the most intense some bitches you ever want to meet. So yeah, probably so. Later that night, I would love that. I would love that team. And I also got to say that, you know, King Booker. Now you've got to admit greatest King of all time. Oh, I'm not arguing that. Okay. Although I did recently get a, uh, a crown here at the house. Yeah. Is that one from Southern imports? You ready for this? Yeah. How about that? Oh, nice. The macho King crown. Nice. Cool story, bro. So later that night in the ECW tapings, Matt Stryker and Francine both make their ECW debuts at TV. Uh, man, Francine's not going to make it very long here in the WWE. Why don't you think she was around for more than just a cup of coffee? Uh, I think that by that point, you know, for a lot of the ECW talent, I don't know that in, in the ECW bubble of Philadelphia during that time when they were hot with the, you know, the niche product, they were hot. I think beyond that, I don't know that any of them had a lot of great success. There, there were some, but not, I just was what it was. I want to mention too, uh, there's a lot of announcer changes that are coming sooner rather than later. Taz's contract is coming due at the end of the year. What do you think Vince thought of, of Taz as he had transitioned from an in-ring performer to a, to a color guy? I think the overall consensus was that Taz was different and he was different because he had that, that Brooklyn accent and didn't sound like everyone else. Um, as far as being a great play-by-play or even a color guy, it was, it was Taz. And by his just sheer uniqueness of, of his voice and his attitude made him different. That was enough to parlay him into a, a career on the other side of the, the desk. So good for him. Man, I was watching TV the other day and I couldn't help but think how much wrestling has changed in the last 10 years. And the way we use the internet has changed dramatically over the last decade too. But isn't it odd that the security tools we use are pretty much the same until now. 
Aura provides complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and more all in one easy to use app. Aura is easy to set up. All their plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. And they have an experienced us-based customer support team. That's got your back. You see, Aura is going to provide you with digital security protection to keep your online finances, your personal information, and your tech safe from online threats. It's an all in one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more with aura. You'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name, aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription with an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues for a limited time. Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans. When you visit aura.com slash wrestle, go to aura.com slash wrestle to get complete protection and savings up to 40%. That's a U R a.com slash wrestle. Uh, there are some hirings that were interesting that I need to at least run past you. Mike Rotunda is brought back to be a road agent along with Marty Janetti and Rodney Mack. And it's reported in the observer that Janetti and Mack were being brought in as trainers slash coaches. I know we've talked about it before, but how the hell does Marty Janetti keep getting gigs here? This was Marty's last chance. My God. God, how many times did we hear that? Yeah, no shit. Uh, well, Hey. I got to tell you though, if you're, you're looking to train talent, you're looking for someone that can relate to some of the younger talent, Marty Janetti would fit that bill and, and check that box. As far as Rodney Mack, Rodney Mack wasn't brought in to be a trainer at all. Rodney was brought in as talent. What about, uh, Mike Rotundo? What can you tell us here where he's coming back? Well, well, Mike was brought back to be a, uh, perform, not a performer. Mike was brought back to be a producer. Uh, backstage, and I think that when you looked at someone with his expertise from his days in the territories in Florida, in the Carolinas, teaming with Barry Windham to IRS on down, you know, check all the boxes. Uh, Rotunda was a great candidate to be a producer. What do you think Mike did as an agent that made him special? You know, we've heard certain guys get a reputation as, oh, this guy was a great finish guy. And you've sort of joked before uh, that Michael Hayes would suggest shit for Jeff Hardy to jump off of. We haven't really heard anything about Mike as an agent. Can you tell us anything? Well, I, I don't know. There's a whole lot to tell. I think that Mike was a good agent. I think that Mike was one of those guys that was able to, you know, contemplate. He was, a, look, he was a solid fundamentalist in that Mike knew how to get matches over. Mike knew what to do. Was he overly creative? I don't think so, but, um, honest qualified, you know, from fundamental standpoint, you knew that Mike was going to give you a, a sound match and knew what to do. And again, it goes back to just honest and trustworthy that that was a guy that you want on your side. Uh, it, it feels like you're saying he was reliable. Fair to Very. say. Okay. Um, what about Rodney Mack though? I know you said he was brought back to be a talent, not necessarily a trainer coach, but talk me through Rodney Mack as a talent. You and I haven't spent a ton of time talking about him here on the program. 
I thought Rodney was one of those guys that had a lot of promise at one time. And I think that uh, him coming in, he, he was married to jazz. And it was just a, a unique talent. I don't know if there was that it factor that was just missing with him to make it on a, a larger level. But, you know, look, we, we tried. And I, th- I thought that Rodney had the talent to do something. And it was just bring him in. Let's see what he's got. In Montreal on September 18th, you do a live raw and then a tape SmackDown. How long is a day like that where you're doing fucking both back to back? That's unbelievable. It's a little fucking long. That's for damn sure, man. And you got to think about it. Think of how long it is for us, but then think of how long it is for the audience to be out there and have to sit through, you know, a marathon taping. Um, you got a shitload to do and you've got to get it. You've got one day to do it. So you double everything. You double up your pre-tapes in the back. You double up your talent. You double up your matches. Every single thing is double. So it's, it's a pretty big pain in the ass. Uh, SmackDown opens with uh, Booker going to Teddy long and refusing to face Vito and Teddy long is happy to change it to the undertaker undertaker dude i love the in this era teddy long the undertaker it was like that old vanilla ice song right if you had a problem he'll let undertaker solve it uh how did undertaker enjoy working with booker it was like two old uh, texas boys absolutely two old friends and uh two of the best of the best in my opinion so yeah they thoroughly enjoyed one another um we should also mention that, uh, that's kind of it for highlights on this show. Creative feels a little less than ideal for this era in WWE, at least on the SmackDown brand. Would you agree with that? That this isn't exactly a shining. I mean, even when we go back and we think about sort of the golden era of WWE, we often talk about the eighties and then we talk about the attitude era, but there's some stuff in this 06 era that. I don't know, less than ideal. I don't think so. I, I think that it was, again, one of those rebuilding periods where you have, you have talent that you're trying to bring up and talent that you're trying to get over and building towards the future. Uh, WWE does a tour of Mexico, which is really highlighted by Ray Mysterio. Most of the shows are sellouts and the reaction sounds tremendous. When you see that maybe, you know, we're, we're softer here, we're hotter there. Do you guys adjust the plan accordingly and say, man, let's, let's do more of what's working. Less of what's not. Do you go back and try to figure out how to book more in Mexico and these other countries? Uh, of course, that's one of the things that on the surface you look at and go, that'd really be great to do. However, anyone that has ever tried to do business in Mexico that is not already established in Mexico, you learn very quickly that it's not the easiest thing to do. And to be able to get your money out of Mexico, to be able to secure everything that you have to, um, that's just the reality of the situation. It's not the easiest and or best place to do business Uh, for a foreign, for, for a foreign company. Your old pal, Kenny Omega asked for his lease from uh, release from deep South wrestling and gets it. Did you ever even hear that name until more recent years? When was the first time you remember even hearing that name in professional wrestling? 
that day that I was at Starcast, and I said, "Who was that?" Gotcha. Uh, I, yeah, I had no idea who. No, was. I, I know you don't keep up with it over there, but I just I wonder, like from a creative standpoint, Deep South Wrestling probably wasn't even on you guys' radar in '06, right? No, it was. I mean, that was that was one of our territories that we you know, training facilities and everything that we had. But, uh, unfortunately I didn't get down there with the kind of frequency that we would like to have, uh, to push the second episode of SmackDown on the CW, it's announced that John Cena would team up with Batista and Bobby Lashley to face Booker Regal and Finley. It's important when you move to a new network to really start off with a big bang. So, Hey man, you're pulling out all the studs here. If you got John Cena and Batista on the same show, right? Absolutely. You want to start off with a bang, bang. It's, uh, it's a, <laughs> that's kind of like starting off in the middle with a bang. Have you ever yeah. heard of a guy pulling a Glock on a guy and spilling his brains on the concrete? No, I mean, neither. It's announced that Ray versus Chavo is going to happen at no mercy. And then Batista versus Finley in your mind, the draw of this show has got to be Kennedy versus taker, right? Or is it Booker versus Lashley? What say you? Um, man, you know, I, I look at that and I, I would say they're pretty goddamn even. I mean, those are two great attractions when you look at it and there are going to be people that'll tell you, oh, I want to see uh, Kennedy get his ass handed to him by the undertaker. There are those that are looking at Booker and Lashley going, hoping that Lashley's the guy to shut Booker up. We should also mention, um, Kurt Angle signs with TNA and debuts at the end of their no surrender pay-per-view. Is this the talk of the locker room on Monday that Kurt has shown up with TNA? I mean, there'd been a lot of talent come through there, no doubt, but this is the first one that was really a top guy in WWE to make the leap and say, you know what? I'm going to go do something else. Well, you say make the leap. Like he left us to go there. That's not what took place. No, I know that. You know, Kurt was given his release for his, his personal demons and, and moved on. And I think it was pretty much expected. Um, more, more than, oh gosh, Kurt went to TNA. It was more of, gosh, I wish Kurt would take some time off and heal up in mind, body, and spirit. Well, is, I mean, did you view it as a, as a loss or did you, were you worried about Kurt? I mean, what do you think Vince's reaction was more, more along the lines of worried about Kurt and hoping that Kurt wasn't doing something that he wasn't ready for from the standpoint of, of going back and performing on a regular basis and the wear and tear on his body and whether or not he had his demons under control. It feels like a lot of times whenever you see someone debut somewhere else, like someone who was a part of the WWF camp or WWE camp debut somewhere else, everyone just assumes that the inner circle Vince and whatnot, everyone's nervous or, or, oh God, they got so-and-so. And I've always kind of thought, I mean, if Vince wanted to keep him, Vince would have kept him, right? Yes. Um, also returning the TNA is Vince Russo. As the head of creative, what do you think of that decision? That was a great decision for them. 
for them. At that time, I thought it was a great decision for them. Why are you grinning I, like a possum right now? <laughs> because I just think that was a great decision for them. Good for them. Not part of the no mercy build, but on raw in Oklahoma city, uh, as the pyro and ballyhoo begins, the power and lights go out. Do you remember this? Uh, was Vince freaking out or was it much like the whole beware of dog show where it's like, well, it couldn't play it on this. You just kind of go, oh hell. And you sit there very calmly and wait for, uh, all of our miracle workers to do what they do and fix it. It's, you know, it, it's funny, especially in my old age. And my, now my kids would probably disagree with this. Um, at least when it comes to business in my old age, I don't get riled up anymore. I find uh, peace in the storm. And I find that you can get a lot more done when you are completely calm and just take each task one at a time. And quickly, but one at a time. And without screaming and shouting. Now, I'd still do a lot of pointing. My voice might get loud only because I need to speak over others, but not from a not from an anger viewpoint. It's a uh, okay, okay, guys. Here's here's where we are, and let's 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 do it. So I, I think that that's what I learned throughout these type of things is that there's nothing I could do about the power going out. So you deal with it. Let people who can fix it fix it. And then you look at how it affects you and take it one at a time. Your old friend, uh, Eric Bischoff returns to WWE TV to promote his book. Controversy creates cash. How great was it to see Eric back? I mean, at this point he'd taken a little bit of a break, but your old pal back at TV, this had to be all smiles seeing him walking around the back. Huh? Ah, it was, it was absolutely wonderful, man. It was great. And, um, I believe, so we talked about Montreal earlier on, right? I want to say that Montreal, so Jerry Briscoe's birthday was September 19th or 21st, something like that. So we celebrated Jerry Briscoe's 60th birthday. And I think it was here. I don't know. Whatever the hell it was. But along, when Eric came back is when we did the Tulsa uh, Radisson. And, oh, that, that's the whole tap like you mean it gimmick. Yeah. So we're Jerry Briscoe kind of stretch Eric Bischoff. But Eric, all I'm saying is how old is Jerry now? Uh, he's, 70, he's an older uh, man. That's for sure. 7,900. He's older. Okay. He's older. Um, so he's 75 and I told Eric and I, I, on, upon wishing Jerry a happy birthday, I let Eric know that, Hey, Jerry's 75. I think he can take him now. (laughs) Now I might've told John Layfield to do the same thing. I might've mentioned it to Jerry Briscoe, but I think Eric can take him now. The holidays are around the corner. Are you looking for a great gift? Well, man, let me give you a pro tip about the gift that keeps on giving. Of course, I'm talking about skylight frame. 
I got my mother-in-law one of these years ago and dude, it has been a game changer. Now all the grandkids can share pictures in real time with grandma and she feels like she's right there with us. This has been a home run and nowadays staying in touch with those that we love is more important than ever. And the easiest way to do that is with skylight frame, a photo frame that you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. It creates a great gift. You can order now and get ahead of the holiday season. So why not? Anyone can send photos to the frame in just seconds. So it's a great way to keep in touch with friends and family. It's effortless to use. The setup takes less than 60 seconds and even the least tech savvy can use it, including my mother-in-law. By the way, it also looks like a real photo frame. It adds a beautiful touch to your home. The skylight frame has a gorgeous 10 inch touchscreen. You can swipe through the photos with your finger, even tap to thank the person who sent you a photo. Oh, and how about this? 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, then I'll offer you a full refund. You can tap the heart button and it'll let the sender know you love the photo. This makes the frame fun and interactive to use. It's been a home run for my family and your family is going to love it too. It's so simple. I'm telling you, non-tech savvy parents, even grandparents can set it up and use it. Don't take my word for it. Check out some of these reviews I found. Customers just love Skylight. Quote, this gives her a little glimpse of us every day. And then when we talk on the phone, she can talk to the boys about the pictures we sent. How about that? And we love Skylight Frame so much, we're offering our listeners $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code WRESTLE. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code WRESTLE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, and the promo code is WRESTLE. So when he comes back to TV... Uh, to promote this controversy creates cash. I, I mentioned I had to be all smiles when he saw him sort of, I was walk. happy to see Eric. Yes. Did you bump into him in catering? I did not come on, Bruce. All right. This should be fun from the observer quote. The situation with JBL was rectified on September 21st. It appears now that his quitting was a negotiating ploy. The two concessions made is that he'll be able to fly on the corporate jet home to New York after the SmackDown tapings. Plus. He'll get the Mick Foley, Hulk Hogan, special star treatment as a wrestler and get to work. Maybe WrestleMania this year doing a coming out of retirement match, as well as SummerSlam in a featured event capacity. He'll work Tuesday nights doing TV, as well as the SmackDown brand pay-per-views. He'll get to fly back immediately after SmackDown ends and the pay-per-view show ends, and he'll be able to work on the ensuing Mondays or Wednesdays at his investment banker job and only miss one day per week of work, which will be Tuesday. That was the major part of coming to the agreement to stay because he's apparently doing very well in his new job and didn't want to miss two days of work. Most weeks, three, some other weeks. So I like to see a guy like this step out and do well outside of wrestling. What do you remember about this, about JBL saying, man, I gotta, I gotta put my real gig first now in front of wrestling. Well, I, I don't know what the situation with JBL quitting is even about in negotiating ploy. I, I don't remember that at all. I do remember John when John started working with an investment banking group and the issue was, was, Hey, he wasn't taking bumps. His back was in really, really bad shape and he didn't need to be taking bumps anymore and looked at, life after wrestling 
and had an incredible opportunity, an extremely intelligent guy, especially when it comes to numbers and finance. So he wanted to take that opportunity. We wanted to utilize him in the best way that we could to utilize his positives and put him on the air and continue to use him in some way without him having to be on the road and still be able to do what he wanted to do with the uh, investment banking. That's all it was. So the rumor in innuendo was that JBL had given notice and somewhere along the way, he got sideways with Johnny Ace. They were having issues. What's fact and fiction of that? Did you hear about those guys? Maybe not getting along here in 06. I would say that's fiction. I would say that more than anything, it was John looking at, all right, Hey, I'm, I'm moving on. You know, just as I, as I said, I don't, I think the rest of it was a bunch of rumor and innuendo and things to make that were made up by people that didn't know the reality of the situation. Your old pal Hulk Hogan is on Bubba the Love Sponge talking about how he's ready to return to WWE and Meltzer starts to speculate that it'll be Hogan versus show as the 20 year anniversary of Hulk versus Andre. Of course, that was going to be for WrestleMania 23. It didn't happen. It feels like this is, but it was on the books. Well, he was speculating, but he, I I assume this is Hogan just trying to speculating, or did he say it was on the books? Uh, he speculated. Yeah. Okay. He speculated wrong. Yeah. I said that in a loud and clear voice. Um, I, I, I want to say in a louder and clearer voice. It feels like this is clear that Hogan's trying to angle for a big WrestleMania payday and good on him. We know it doesn't happen. Is it cash or creative that keeps it from happening? It was, it just wasn't in the books and it wasn't creative. something that we were interested in doing at the time. It wasn't, you know, I think we had done by the, by this point, you're looking at how many times is Hulk going to come back and do it. And yes, we did it after that again, but it, it just, um, Sometimes it's just not the right fit at the right time. Just incredible is let go after going a wall. What do you remember about that? Oh, no, he was absent without leave. I don't remember. Fuck all about that. Okay. You're allowed to say that from the observer quote, Scorpio signed a three-year deal as noted. Booker had been pushing for him to get in for the last few months and he did well in his tryout matches. So did Booker actually push to bring him in and was he actually signed? I don't think that Scorpio ever was signed. I know there were a lot of guys that were looking at Scorpio and by the way, during this time, Scorpio did look great. Scorpio had gotten himself in shape Yep, and was looking pretty good during this time frame. There were here's, probably here's, Johnny here's, at that time. He was using this flash funk character down in deep South wrestling. And then ultimately he's released in may of 07, but he never appeared on TV. So he got a gig, but went to developmental. Um, do you think the idea, and I'm asking you to remember something from 15 years ago. Do you think the idea was, Hey man, maybe he can work with some of our younger guys. I would, if I were betting, I would bet that was exactly what it was. Because again, he, he came in and looked good, but it wasn't something for the main roster. So having be able to teach some of the younger talent and developmental, uh, the boogeyman gets released. Uh, what did old boogie do here to get cut this time, Bruce? 
I don't know that Boogie ever did anything to get cut. I just think that the time had kind of run out, and Boogeyman was someone that is always good around Halloween and always good for a special appearance here and there. It's a character that I think he'll be able to continue to reprise until the day he dies. Um, I would love to be, and I'm not saying, I, I don't know how old uh, Boogie is, but um, he's probably my age or just a little bit younger. But I, if I was 20 years old, I'd kill to be in the shape that Boogie's in. Uh, an incredible athlete, uh, incredible specimen. But, you know, the, the gimmick was what the gimmick was. That was, wasn't something you could sustain every week, three, four, eight, nine, twelve 12 years. Uh, Boogie is 57, AKA five years younger than sting. How old are you? Doesn't matter. That's what I thought. He's younger. He's younger than I am. Damn it. Uh, the raw family reunion is announced as the season premiere. So even back then we're doing these, uh, concepts on ECW, we have extreme strip poker announced and promoted for two weeks. Uh, we're just desperate for eyeballs here on the CCW program. Are we not? I think, uh, desperate for eyeballs every week. You want as many as you can possibly get. RVD beats hardcore Holly in an extreme rules match that saw Holly get an extreme cut on his back after a bump through two tables. Uh, when something like this happens, what's going on in gorilla, he winds up with 24 stitches and it becomes a part of that disclaimer. You know, don't try this at home. It's he's been lacerated. Damn it. But what's happening in what's happening in gorilla here in 06 when you see something like that happen. You're getting the doctor to grill and look at him as soon as he gets back. You know, it was a different time, a different place. And I think that, you know, he's got somebody there to look at him and you're monitoring it, make sure they're okay, that they can go on and that it's not more serious than what it looks like uh, from your vantage point. So just looking at him and talking to the referee, make sure everybody's good. Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Did you know you could actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed rate, lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus the rate is fixed. So it'll never go up over the life of the loan. And you can get a loan from 5,000 to a hundred thousand dollars. And there are absolutely no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And right now, just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. Now, the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash wrestle. Of course, this is subject to credit approval. Rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR, and it includes a half a percent auto pay discount. The lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash wrestle for more information. That's lightstream.com slash wrestle. On SmackDown, Casey James and idle Stevens defeat kid cash and Jamie noble to earn a tag team title match at no mercy against Paul London and Brian Kendrick. Uh, this winds up being Cash's last match for the WWE. He gets fired the very next day and Dave would write quote, bad attitude was cited, which comes as no surprise because he was constantly in trouble in TNA. 
and frequently in minor trouble here. Plus already had one suspension under his belt on a drug test failure. What was the issue with cash? Was it one of those deals where he just couldn't get out of his own way? I think so. But you know what? Here, here's the other crazy thing. In all my dealings with cash, whether it be during this time in WWE or during my time in TNA, I think that there was a perception um, that he was difficult to deal with. I never experienced it. Um, if I would go to him and ask him to do something and he had suggestions to do it, he was always respectful. I just never experienced it. I'm not saying it's not, you know, true that he, other people didn't. Uh, I'm just saying I didn't. And I, I heard all these other things, but I just never, I never really saw it. I saw him as a passionate kid that wanted to get over. Let's take a minute to talk about idol Stevens. We know he's eventually going to become Damian Sandow. I know you weren't there at the time, but man, I just loved when he was doing the Mizdow stuff. When you were watching from home, did you see any of that stuff? What'd you think of that? I saw some of it. Um, that was during a time I probably wasn't watching a whole lot, but what I did see, I enjoyed. Oh, I was, it was, it was great when he just mimicked everything that Miz did. Do you think he's one of those talents where it just breaks down to timing is everything? Cause it feels like in another time and place under different circumstances, man, that would have been a big deal. Yes. I, I mean, again, it is timing and it, and it comes down to what do you do with your time? Yeah. And that's the question. It's announced that MVP will make his in-ring debut at no mercy. Boy, who would have guessed back then that MVP would doing what he's been doing more recently. Uh, but you had to be a big fan of MVP right away, right? I was a fan of MVP. Yeah. Of MVP. The first time that I saw him in deep South from the very first promo that he cut in developmental that I saw, and he was a good worker. Um, he was just one of those guys that, that had a spark about him. And I loved his story. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang is going to return on SmackDown after weeks of being pushed as being reintroduced. He loses to Sylvain in under four minutes. I know not everyone can win or be pushed as a superstar and someone's got to lose, but damn, I wish you'd have gave this guy a chance. Old Jimmy Wang Yang can't get a fair shake around these woods. He got a big chance. He had did a lot of shit. Jimmy Wang Yang cowboy, Jimmy Wang Yang. See who the hell he is. He is a cowboy. Yes, he is. By God. Shout out to Jimmy. Uh, lastly, gets the Jang, Jang, Wang, Jang, Jang. Are you doing Pat Patterson now? Jang, 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 Wang, Jang. Lastly, gets the pin on Booker in the Big Six Man. But the show ends with Edge spearing Cena and standing tall, and there's a lot of back and forth between the top guys on the brands. Uh, from the Observer, Alex Greenfield, who had been the head writer of SmackDown ever since Dave Lagana was reassigned to ECW in June, gave notice on October second. He's been with the company since July of 05 and has pinned one or two projects that were picked up. Michael Hayes is the new head writer, which surprised people since dusty Rhodes had been on the SmackDown staff for more than a year. And Hayes was on the raw side. Rhodes is considered more of an idea guy as opposed to a guy who they feel can write a show. So lot to unpack there. Let's talk about Alex Greenfield. Uh, what do you remember of his time with the company here as head writer and, and how big of a deal was it when he says, I gotta go do something else now. Crash to break. Um, anyway, for those that get that, they get it for those that don't. Well, too bad. Uh, I thought Alex was a talented guy. Alex was kind of, a 
more of a horror novelist, not a horror novelist, but a horror as in scary monster movie type thing. Um, and Alex uh, just was a, a very creative guy. Came across sometimes in pitching his stuff that uh, I think people didn't always buy, but he was a hard-working son of a bitch and uh, busted his ass, man, and got out. He had other things to do, so good for him. Let's uh, let's talk about the whole Dusty Rhodes thing here. They feel like Michael is better suited to be the head writer than Dusty. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, probably so. But also, I mean, Michael was head writer in title. Right. And, you know, there was a whole team of people that, that wrote it. It wasn't as if Michael sat there and formatted the entire show and wrote everything in the show. There was a team. He was the head writer in title. And I think that Michael was better suited for that than Dusty would have been. I think Dusty would be better utilized on both shows to help out with finishes and just kind of overall seasoning. You need, need, need a little salt and pepper, Conrad. Seasoning. Let's talk about um, Marty Gennetti. <laughs> He's fired. Dad, come I thought he was going to make it this time. The rumor in innuendo is the company tried to put him on the road and he immediately went AWOL. Oh shit. Was he with just incredible uh, on the go home SmackDown Finley pins Booker T and Batista and uh, Bobby Lashley go to a no contest when everyone starts brawling. And then Teddy long announces that he's going to combine the two matches and make it a four way heavyweight title. And, uh, with the undertaker Meltzer would write the reasons given for the uh, main event change were number one, obvious feeling Booker versus Lashley was going to die on pay-per-view. And it was described as there was an 11th hour panic over the buy rate. The company believe it's the biggest SmackDown drawing card is Batista. And it would help the buy rate to put him in a title to challenge or position to challenge for the title. And with Finley in there, they wouldn't have to worry about he and Booker's work together, hurting Booker's or Batista's star aura. Secondly, feeling that nobody believed Lashley had a chance to win the title. And by making it a four way, the belief is they made the main event less predictable. How important do you think that is that a main event for a wrestling show is less predictable is unpredictability, a big deal of a main event. Is it paramount? It is. Okay. To me, if it's a pick them and you can't, then, then that's a good main event. Sometimes, you know, there, there's a feeling that you, you want predictable. You want people to say, I know this guy's going to kick his ass and I want to see it. Um, but then there is, is the time that you look at it and you go, all right. Um, I can't pick it. So, uh, do you think this change was done after Greenfield or before, if you had to guess? Oh God, I have no idea. Greenfield had nothing to do with that. The him leaving, staying, going to the bathroom would have no, nothing on the decision. What, what would be done there? Balls Mahoney hosts the extreme strip poker on ECW. It ends with uh, Candace and Maria rolling <laughs> around naked, but of course you can't see anything on the floor. Uh, Bruce, we're finally here. No mercy of six, the RBC center in Raleigh, North Kakalaki. 
going into the show, Meltzer would ask this. I guess we'll find out what the rock bottom current pay-per-view number is with this show. Keep in mind, they're promoting free raw the next night and free ECW the next night, significantly harder than they are a pay-per-view. And the main thrust of the company promotion is the movie. So this will be the number four priority. Plus the lineup isn't strong. Still, whenever we figure a pay-per-view will absolutely die. It usually still hits the 210,000 mark. So here's what happened. 9,000 fans are in attendance. 197,000 buys is the number. So Meltzer's not too far off. The year before it was Batista and Eddie Guerrero in the main event, and they did 219. So not a terrible drop. And overall, believe it or not, the readers of the Wrestling Observer gave this show 75.4% thumbs up, 15.9% thumbs down, and 8.7% thumbs in the middle. Do you remember being disappointed or is it about what you expected that 197,000 number? No. And I don't know that it was 197,000 because when you rely on Meltzer's numbers, nine times out of 10, they're wrong. And you never Uh, know if it's just his guess or if he's taking anything else without the financials in front of me. I can't say one way or another, yay or nay. And knowing his history and how he doesn't report real numbers, I can't. Yeah, I'm not even going to comment on that because well, just so you know, he you has can, no credibility with me. You're allowed to have your own numbers here on the show. We'll allow it. No, I, and if I did, I would go back and look at the numbers from the financials, but I, uh, people can go look that up if they want to. So Matt Hardy is going to open the show, pinning the cruiserweight champ, Gregory Helms, two old North Kakalaki friends. They go 13 minutes and seven seconds. It's a non-title match, but Matt Hardy picks up the win. And Meltzer says they pretty much gave away the result when JBL pushed that Helms hadn't lost a match on pay-per-view all year. There's been lots of near falls, including, um, Hardy failing to pin hurricane after three side effects. Eventually Helms hits the shining wizard after getting his knees up after a Hardy moonsault attempt, but Hardy kicks out. Helms does the insecurity. Hardy gets his leg on the ropes and Hardy wins clean with a twist of fate and a pin. Pretty awesome opener here. Meltzer dug it, gave it three and a quarter stars. And when you've got a pay-per-view like this, where you feel like maybe it's not the, the strongest main event or the strongest lineup, it's probably important to start hot. Isn't it Bruce? Absolutely. And you know, you got Matt and Shane Gregory, uh, two guys that have worked together since they were probably two and a half years old. And what the hell was the name of the, of Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy's wrestling that they had in camera. Wasn't it like the Omega deal or something? Oh, maybe. Yeah. So, so this was just like a rematch and it continues on the rivalry continues on today by golly. So Regal's in a lot of skits on this show, and we're going to get to the most interesting one in a minute, but this time it's Booker telling Regal to tell Finley, he must be an ally in the world title match. How great were Regal and Booker? Their chemistry was just off the charts here. Again, I think that, you know, Regal is one of those guys from his, his chemistry with Tajiri, his chemistry with Booker. William Regal has great timing in the ring, out of the ring, in promos, just natural, understated timing and reactions. He doesn't overreact. And I think that he was dead nuts on and during this time was some of the best performances of his entire career. So next up, we got Paul London and Brian Kendrick beating idle Stevens and Casey James in nine thirty-five to retain the SmackDown titles. 
Uh, Meltzer would say this is one of those matches where everything London and Kendrick did clicked perfectly. Stevens and James were at least always in the right spot and the match blew away anything else they've done on television. JBL made a comment that by losing 50% of his money to get Michelle McCool, it might be worth it. JBL is so lucky that his wife probably wouldn't be caught dead watching pro wrestling. Uh, the finish saw Ashley pounce on McCool on the floor. Kendrick used the slice bread number two on James. And then London jumped off a kneeled over Kendrick's back with a shooting star press onto James for the pin three and a half stars, man. We're starting with a hot start. Uh, lots of, uh, I don't know, new school, exciting wrestling. When you've got hurricane, Matt Hardy, Kendrick, London, the names go on and on pretty good show so far, Bruce. Dude, I thought London and Kendrick were one of the best teams ever. And rut row, hang on. So let's jump into uh, the whole Kendrick and London deal. Uh, some of my favorites to watch at the time. We talked earlier about timing. Is that what it is? Like it feels like to me, man. If Lundrick, yeah, Lundrick, if London and Kendrick came along today. Dude, it's a whole different ball game than it was in 06, right? It is. But even in 06, to me, I thought they were probably the most innovative tag that we'd had in a long damn time. They were different. They were young um, and believable and sold their ass off. But I believed in everything they did. I really thought they were absolutely tremendous. They were both great individually, but they, to me, they were better as a unit. Hey, did you know more than 50 million men in the United States suffer from male pattern baldness? Did you know there are only two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss? Well, our friends keeps, they offer both keeps offers a simple stress-free way to keep your hair convenient. Virtual doctor consultations and medications will be delivered straight to your door every three months, meaning you never even have to leave the house. It's also low cost. You see the keeps treatment started just 10 bucks a month. And Keeps offers generic versions. Keeps also provides discreet packaging and proven results. Don't take my word for it. Check it out. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors. By the way, prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're serious about keeping your hair, and it doesn't get any better than Keeps, and if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com wrestle to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E E P S dot com slash wrestle to get your first month free. That's keeps.com forward slash wrestle. That's K E E P S dot com slash wrestle. So we, uh, we need to talk about Regal searching for Finley. He's coming across a sweaty veto jumping rope in a dress. Vito pulls up his dress. So we get the thong shot. And he used it to wipe the sweat from his forehead while Regal looked repulsed. He turned away, walks into a vendor food spills all over him in the floor. Regal's in a suit and tie. So he's doing a great job with the fall and the food and he's trying to get up, but he's getting ketchup and mustard everywhere. Is Regal doing his best Bobby Heenan here? Hey, he was doing his best William Regal by God. And I think that it was another level that he always did whatever it took. So great. Um, Teddy long gives a birthday present to the Miz for his 26th birthday. Miz is setting new levels of annoying here. Uh, long, long says that Miz has been hitting on a diva and Layla comes out 
JBL said he thought he would have liked London and Kendrick more. Fans continue to have no clue Miz is a heel because of JBL. That's directly from the observer. Uh, Layla started dancing and stripping and blindfolded Miz for a lap dance. And then here we go. Christopher DeJoseph comes out, your old pal, and he starts dancing. Miz is grabbing his boobs and acting all hot. And then she pulls the blindfold off and he freaks out and runs off. Uh, DeJoseph and Layla then dance to end this segment with DeJoseph having some bottle like he's going to make it like he's, uh, anyway. A lot of people live told Dave, this killed the crowd. What do you remember of this segment? And what can you tell us about Mr. DeJoseph? I know you guys go way back. Uh, well, I'd like to forget it. <laughs> it's forgettable enough. Not, you know, I mean, Hey, DeJoseph, if, if you're a big brother fan to Joseph is the one that always comes out and dresses in those crazy outfits and does the old lady screaming at people all through the house this year. I think he did a bird or something like that. Uh, very versatile and a very creative guy. So next up, we got MVP pinning Marty Garner in two minutes and 28 seconds. MVP's gimmick Sham is Champagne. The- First name, Sham. Last name, Pain. What, oh, what a performer he was. I mean, could that guy take a pedigree or what? <laughs> um... The gimmick here is he's a big contract. He's a big star, a big athlete. He's got a big contract and he'll face anyone. That's at least what he says, but he really only wants to face quote unquote bums. Uh, that's according to the observer. Meltzer says it was designed for the crowd to turn on the match, which they did crowd chanted boring and power ranger because of MVP's ring outfit. It looks like he was out of the star Trek show in the sixties. But even before Garner came out and the segment was designed to get the crowd to turn on it after all the build, when MVP came out, nobody cheered and nobody booed. JBL was going to town on him. Although in his case, it's a lot more obvious. He's a heel didn't do him any favors as he began as a heel MVP's winning move. Not yet named is the old Elix skipper play of the day. It got a dud rating in the observer. But you probably like the idea of debuting a new character, especially when he has this presentation on a pay-per-view, right? I, I did, but also you got to remember he was brand new. People didn't know what to expect. Didn't know whether to take him as a heel or baby face because he was kind of a tweener at that point. So it was exposure. Next up, we have William Regal coming out of the shower since he got all messed up. Vito was in the locker room with him and Regal asked Vito if his father was a donkey. And Vito bragged that the chicks like it. And he's from Staten Island. Vito told Regal, he got shortchanged and he was laughing at him, which is a great way to build heat. (laughs) This is all according to the observer. And, uh, I think there was a situation here that you guys wind up having to apologize for, uh, quote, world wrestling entertainment would like to apologize to anyone who watched the no mercy and was offended by William Regal's locker room incident. Conduct of this kind is unacceptable in a family-friendly environment and WWE accepts full responsibility, nudity of any kind, even in a live television environment is offensive to our audience and the reputation of our company. What do you remember of this, this, I, I, it doesn't, can't be planned, but how does this happen? What's the re, what's the reaction? There's That's- some things you just block from your mind <laughs> that, that you, 
and I'm serious on that too, man. I, I, I really and truly do. There are certain things, man, people go back of what? Um, that I don't even recall even a little bit of. And I think I just blocked from my mind. Let's just say there was a wardrobe malfunction. Is that the right phrase to use here? You could say that. Yeah. So Regal's comfortable, but, uh, yeah, wardrobe malfunction. Next up, Mr. Kennedy is going to uh, beat the undertaker by DQ in 20 minutes and 34 seconds and another non-title match. Uh, Meltzer would say the idea coming out of this is to add to the Kennedy list of former world champions, Booker, Mysterio, and Batista that he's beaten. Uh, they pushed it like Kennedy was getting a lot of offense and actually competitive and he'll get credit for a win. Even though he was really laid out at the end, the match was long and boring. Everyone loves Kennedy because he can talk, but this match really exposed. He has no business doing long matches and undertaker did everything during the body of the match to make him look good. The finish saw Kennedy after undertaker kicked out of everything. He threw at him, get frustrated and grab the title belt. Undertaker got it away from him and used it for the DQ. After the match, Undertaker laid out both Kennedy and referee Charles Robinson with tombstones, star and a quarter. Boy, Meltzer is pretty brutal on Mr. Kennedy. Did you guys feel the same that this was a uh, a test for Kennedy and maybe it didn't go as well as you would have hoped? It wasn't a test. It was a match. You know, you're not put in there unless you think that you're able to handle it. I, I don't think that it was it was great in any way. I think that it was just probably too much too soon and that a lot of people saw something in Ken that he was great at a certain level. But once you got to that other elite level, I don't think that Ken was able to hang in some situations. Next up, we get Ray Mysterio pinning Chavo Guerrero in 12 minutes and 10 seconds in a false count anywhere match. Both were standing on the middle rope brawling and then both took a bump to the floor. The rest of the match was brawling outside the ring. Meltzer dug it though. Uh, I got a three and a quarter stars. Um, here's the finish. Mysterio uses the rail to hang on to and give Guerrero a six one nine. And then jumps off the top of the guardrail with a cross body as they partially fell into a penalty box for the pin. Meltzer would say yet another good match. Originally, this match was to be the blow off where Mysterio would get his knee taken out, but with the surgery planned for two weeks from now. They're now scheduled to do that angle on 1015 in Los Angeles, three and a quarter stars. So I guess it's important here to give Ray a big win on pay-per-view and we'll let Chavo get the heat back when we do the old injury payoff. What'd you yeah, think? I thought it was damn good too. Their create, I mean, their chemistry was always good. These two, was it not? It, it definitely was. I think that, uh, Mysterio and pretty much any of the Guerreros was magic. Um, now we've got a surprise. It's a match with William Regal versus Chris Benoit, who had pretty much the exact same match. You'd imagine them having uh, limited to working barely 11 minutes. Uh, after all the skits, he's put in a serious athletic wrestling match with the unannounced return of Benoit. This was almost out of the WCW playbook of giving people a surprise, but in doing so you give away the return of a wrestler whose return should have been hyped and built into something major. Although. That was all put together at the last minute. Benoit was originally slotted as the mystery opponent for MVP. The two had been working out a match behind closed doors with dusty Rhodes, who also lives in Atlanta, working with them for a few weeks. MVP was scheduled to win the match. And at the producer's meeting before the show, 
there was concern regarding MVP and how he'd perform. Basically the fear was if he sucked in a match and beat Benoit, not only would he be dead, but it would ruin Benoit's return. Vince McMahon was the one leading this discussion. According to one source, although another said it was Dean Malenko who went to Vince first and got him thinking in that direction. It may have simply been using that as an excuse to second guess the decision to beat Benoit in his return surprise. The idea was, and this asked why they gave him such a buildup. If they were so concerned about his ability to get over with Regal, Benoit's put in a position where it's a lock. He'll look good. MVP was designed to look bad as crazy as that sounds with the idea of him being purposely put in a position to look bad for heat, meaning it would eliminate him having to live up to the hype. It's pretty scary when you're pushing a guy that hard and with weeks of practice and direction, you're afraid the guy can't have a good match with Benoit. Lot to unpack here. What do you remember about the return of Benoit? Was there another idea originally in place? And what do you make of this MVP controversy? Well, I don't think that any of that is necessarily true. It was looked at from the standpoint of giving the people something extra on pay-per-view with Benoit in his return and why bring him back and blow it off with MVP right off the bat, give MVP a victory and let MVP get over more on television so that you can build towards something meaningful with Benoit versus just ice cold doing it that way. So again, that's uh, a difference in philosophy from someone that watches from their living room, um, doing whatever it is that they do during the show and people that actually have to conduct business. So to that, you know, it was, Hey, Benoit's there. Let's give him a great match. You know, you're going to get a great match with William Regal and you're giving MVP a win and getting him more exposure. I don't think that MVP was ready for that spot at that time. And if you want to have a program with Benoit, let's build to it. Uh, the, the whole MVP thing, clearly it worked out. Do you remember him trying to work out a match ahead of time with dusty Rhodes? Or is that not something you remember? The, what now? Do you remember him trying to work out that match with dusty Rhodes? Was dusty a big MVP fan? That's what I'm trying to dr- drill down here. But work out what match with Dusty? The Benoit match? His pay per view match. I I know Dusty. I I have no. I have absolutely no recollection at all. No, I have no idea. I know Dusty did like MVP. Yes. I mean, it was. It's written in the Observer here. The two meaning oh, Benoit and MVP. Fuck. I mean, goddamn! If we could just have a conversation without you being a cantankerous fuck, I'm trying to ask: Was Dusty a big MVP guy? That's all. I said he was. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. You got to get hot about it. Half hot. You know what? Just tell me what you thought of the match, and I won't say anything else about Meltzer. Just tell me what you thought about the rest of the pay per view. Go. I thought it was excellent. Great. I thought that. Thank uh, you all for tuning into the show this week. Appreciate everybody. Uh, Go hit the like and subscribe. (laughs) Uh, Chris Benoit beats William Regal in 11 16. Obviously, it's a great match. Three and three quarters. Finishes Benoit using a dragon suplex and a crossface for the submission. Is it possible these guys could even have a bad match? I don't think they ever did. No, they have chemistry and they're both professionals and they have a, a, a very repertoire of styles that can adapt to pretty much anything. They do the sick headbutt spot, trying to bust each other open hard way. They eventually do get there. Regal's bleeding a lot more. I mean, it's something to see. And it's crazy to think that it's right after we just had, you know, Miz getting the lap dance. <laughs> From Krista Joseph, same show. Um, 
by the way, Regal's the fucking MVP of this whole program. Is he not? Yes. Absolutely entertaining through and through and dependable that you could give him pretty much any material, serious, humorous, whatever it may be. And he'll pull it off. Remember how easy it was in your twenties. You had so much energy. You could get away with the late night drive throughs. You could even pinch a uh, trouser tent at a moment's notice. Well, that's because you had plenty of testosterone and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills, and the worst part. Once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. But isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering that pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone. And one of the easiest ways is by using legacy test stack from legacy sports nutrition. Test X nine has nine key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production and T assist is designed to supercharge T boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, the founder of legacy sports nutrition has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the ultimate test stack guys are feeling stronger in the gym. They have more energy and guys in their late thirties have reported morning wood for the first time in years. One even reported becoming a father after four years of trying, no matter what you do, if you're a guy having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling and performing better. Try the ultimate test stack today, and they're confident you'll love the results. Just go to LegacySups.com. That's LegacySups.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is Wrestle, and you'll save 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySups.com. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com, LegacySups.com. And the promo code is wrestle to save 10% off your entire order. And we thank LegacySubs.com for sponsoring today's podcast. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. You ever hear some of my commercials and think to yourself, nah, that sounds too good to be true. That's probably malarkey. Here's the deal, man. It's real. Something to wrestle with, uh, Bruce Pritchard is easily my favorite. I mean, I'm a, a diehard wrestling fan and I always knew who Bruce Pritchard was, even though uh, he wasn't necessarily known as Bruce Pritchard on air. You start listening to the show and you start liking Conrad as a person. You're like, okay, I feel like I can trust this guy because he doesn't just let Bruce walk all over him. I emailed him and then Clint reached out to me and then it's been, it was a great experience after that. So our goal was to save money every month, and we are saving over $200 a month. And we didn't add any additional time to the loan. So the life of the loan, we're looking at about a $50,000 savings. And what it means to me is uh, tuition for my kids, uh, pay off some extra debt. I have student loans, so we're going to pay those off. So our lifestyle is completely different. Go to savewithconrad.com because they will communicate with you in whatever way you are comfortable with. If it's text, if it's phone, if it's email, they're there for you. So definitely go to savewithconrad.com. We're routinely helping wrestling fans around the country, just like you save tens of thousands of dollars. How much can you save? Find out right now for free 
at savewithconrad.com. Uh, I want to mention, um, when he comes out of the ring, he's all bloodied up and Booker asks if he's seen Finley and Regal acts like he's had a bad day and said he never found Finley. And at that point, Finley finally shows up and said he was coming to win the world title and left Booker took it out on Regal saying he was worthless and a maggot, which is kind of fun. Uh, but what an MVP here he is, man. Booker slaps the hell out of Regal. Regal gets up and decks Booker with a punch and a left. And, um, if Regal doesn't come out of gigantic baby face here, there's just no justice, but it's time for our main event. King Booker is going to retain the world title in a four way over Batista Finley and Bobby Lashley. Um, 16 minutes, 52 seconds. Meltzer would say Finley got no reaction at all coming out, no cheers or booze. Batista got a superstar reaction and the other two got reactions, but not superstar reactions. So it's clear that the fans view Batista as the big deal here. Pretty good match too. Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. He said, I thought the match served its purpose. Well, it was better than they could have reasonably hoped for considering who was in it. It was far superior to what probably would have been the result of Batista versus Finley and Booker versus Lashley as a pair of matches. Do you agree with that? That the four way in hindsight was a better call than those individual matches? Absolutely. I think that it, it, frankly, that the four way featured all four of those guys better than two individual matches and brought out the positives in every one of them. Before we wrap up the Marine promotion, the big raw, sort of the family reunion the next night, ECW is two months in SmackDown has just moved to the CW. It feels like this pay-per-view is sort of just lost in the shuffle as a result of that. Is this one of those examples of, we got too much going on. Do you think? Yeah. You know, in some ways, yes. In some ways it's just another day at the office and you're always going to have a lot of stuff going on. So you just, you make it work and you do what you can. They're not all going to be extravaganzas. Let's do some fan questions here. Jamie priest wants to know is Booker T in your top five of world champions. Yeah. I thought Booker was damn good as a champion. And it's one of the things that when we got WCW, why we wanted Booker and Booker was one of those guys that said, Hey man, I don't need my guaranteed contract. I just need opportunity and came in and took it. And I got mucho respect for him for that. Who, who else is in your top five round out your top five. Dory Funk jr. Of course. Duh. Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. So Hulk Hogan, Dory Funk jr. Booker T. This is an interesting group so far. Got two left. Dory Funk jr. Hmm. Uh, you know, probably seen in Austin. Okay. For the way they carried it and carried the company. Uh, here's one from Lopez. He says the Chavo ever feel slighted for the company choosing to give Ray the push over him after Eddie passed away. Fair question. I think that Chavo did get a push and was involved in storyline. So I, I don't understand the question. Uh, Corey uh, wants to know slighted. at this point, were there considerations for putting Finley in the world title picture on his own? Or do you think he was looking to wind down at this point? 
I think Fit was was looking to wind down. I don't know if Fit was looking to wind down, but yes, we were looking to kind of wind down a little bit on Fit. Yes. Uh, Francis Reyes says, uh, "Who chose the guy who was going to wrestle MVP in his debut?" So obviously, we know all the final decisions are made by Vince. But how does Marty Garner wind up getting that nod? First name Sham, last name Payne, baby. And I really think that that was kind of during the time that we might've been looking at some of those champagne, uh, vignettes and being in Carolinas, he was local and as good as anybody. Wait, are you saying that? Okay. Maybe I got that right. Um, here's another from Lindsay. How stoked was Charles Robinson when he found out he would be taking a tombstone pile driver. Is that something you look forward to? I don't think I'd look forward I to did. You look forward to that in the last ride. Oh, for sure. No doubt about that. You yeah. lose a bet to do that. I, I didn't want Taker to have to drop his nuts trying to get me up for the last ride. Plus bucket says one of my favorite tag team matches of this hey, era. Wait, 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 wait. Is Lindsay the one that had the, uh, cupcakes in my picture on them? Yep. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I didn't even see that till after the fact. And, um, I appreciate the thought and greatly appreciate it, but didn't see it till it was way too late. And I was already on the plane heading home, but Hey, we tried. We did. Yeah. I just, I remembered the name. So I, that's nice. You'd put a question in there and nice for her to make cupcakes with my face on them. Um, Puss Bucket says one of my favorite tag teams of this era was La Resistance. Who found Sylvain and Renee? Who made the decision to break them up? Uh, and why, with his age, why is Renee Dubree, uh, when, or Dubree, Renee Dupree, the poster boy for unrealized potential? Uh, both guys, well, not both guys. Sylvain was from Montreal and Renee was from the Maritimes. Uh, Renee's father, he's second generation wrestler. Uh, Emile Dupree was Renee's father. They, I think they were a great tag team and a lot of potential. And maybe it was just too much, too soon, too young. Uh, here's one from Pluto gravy. Uh, how highly was Kennedy thought of at this point? Was he considered a long time player for the team? There were hopes. Yes, there were definitely hopes for Kennedy and, you know, going through this, you look at the roster and, and yeah, there were hopes for Kennedy. There were hopes for MVP. There were hopes for Batista to, to really, jump out in front of the pack. Here's one. Uh, this one is, uh, Steve hates wrestling. We all know idol Stevens would go on to be Damian Sandow, but what the hell happened to Casey James, man? Uh, I see him on Facebook every once in a while. He wound, MySpace. he wound up being released on August 8th, 2008. So he's with the company a little bit here. I think he started, uh, um, maybe Oh, Oh five. I know. He, I know he's with the company in 06. So he's here a little bit. He was an OVW, uh, recruit. Yeah. But uh great guy, but I have no idea what the hell he's doing now. Well, we know what you're doing now, Bruce, uh, promoting shows well, left and right all over the place. Monday night, raw Friday night, SmackDown NXT 2.0. got the big Saudi show coming up. Got a pay-per-view in our rear view. Got another pay-per-view coming up. It feels like you're, uh, Burning it at both ends these days. We, we appreciate you taking time to, uh, break out of that schedule and jump on here and record a show next week, though, we're talking about something I am pumped about. 
in your house, 11 buried alive. I love talking about 1996. I love talking about buried alive because you've strung me along for years. You wouldn't tell me the magic. I'm still not going to tell you the magic. bullshit. I put it on the calendar and you approved it. We're doing it. Well, I'm not telling you the magic. I mean, uh, I'm going to, if you don't tell me the magic, then I'm going to just show people how it's done. Okay. You don't know. You've never seen it. I have. No. I mean, no, it was on NBC. Oh, well then it must be true. Dave Meltzer did it. Hey, so the, the week after that, we're going to be talking about ask Bruce anything. Oh boy. And those are always fun. But I am curious. You said before we clicked record today, you wanted to try something a little different. You wanted to just free form. You wanted to talk about the old territory days. Would you rather do ask Bruce anything? Or would you rather do a territory talk? And if so, what territory were you thinking? Well, I say we do both. Okay. Not in the same show. Sure. But I say we, I say we, uh, do both, but that, um, you know, Hey, we've never talked. We really talked about my, my time with WCW, not WCW. What the fuck? I was never with WCW. That's when I, I was like, that's why we've never talked God about damn, it. Bruce. Yeah, that, that would be a short <laughs> show. So let's do that one. No, but, uh, mid South. Okay. Well, listen, I'm for it. Uh, the, the following week, what we had planned to do was a watch along of a Monday night raw from October of 2001, where the main event was Vince and Shane in a street fight. Would you rather do that or talk about mid South? Let's talk about mid South. I'm for let's it. Let's different mid South memories with let's Bruce. Be, let's be daring. Hey, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. And that's going to come your way right before Halloween, October 29th. Uh, you get all these shows early and ad free, of course, over at adfreeshows.com. And, uh, we've got some, uh, some swag every now and again over at boxagimmicks.com. If you'd like to advertise on our program, that's easy. It's advertised with conrad.com. Of course I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad on Twitter. Bruce, do you even still get on Twitter on purpose? I don't. <laughs> well, hypothetically, Why? if you'd like to send your hate tweets, uh, rest assured, Bruce will never see them, but they're at Bruce Pritchard. And of course we are at Pritchard show and Bruce, we recently hit a cool milestone. I guess a few months back, we hit the, uh, uh, the, the little level with YouTube where they send you a plaque. So you're getting a YouTube plaque. Are you excited about that? Where are you going to put it next to all your black right belt there. hall of fame awards? Yeah. I'll put it over there. Right there. <laughs> Just so you know, if you guys have ever like been driving down your nearest Chevy dealership on a Saturday. And they've got one of those inflatable men out front that just sort of flies away. That's what Bruce just did with his arm. I'm going to put it right there. It just flew it all over. Oh yeah. Anything you'd like to say to the audience, Bruce, before we hang up here and wrap up this episode of no mercy of six, where you were extra cantankerous. Yes. Be positive folks and love one another. But don't be COVID positive. Get your fucking shots. No, don't be COVID positive. Get vaccinated too, for fuck's sake. Yes, I'm saying it. I'm going to take a stand. I think you should. But uh, that's me. That's my opinion. You're entitled to yours because, by God, we live in America. But be positive. Except. Be positive and love everyone. I'm for that. Hypothetically, do you love Tony Schiavone? 
Yeah. Can I um can I send you something? Sure. I think you're gonna like this. Is it cash? I, I send you cash on the reg. Do I not? I want Tony's cash. Oh. It's not all that impressive. So I'm sending you a text right now. Look at this. I didn't get it. Do like I do. Hold it up to your damn, to damn. To, oh, the dog. See it? Yeah. That's Tony's arm. Oh my God. Tony got a tattoo of his dog bug and that's what it looks like. This is not a drill. This is not a joke. That's not henna. That's an actual tattoo. Uh, uh, bless his heart. How many tattoos does he have? That's the first one. I said first because he acts like he's getting more. Oh boy. He's going through a late life crisis. I called it a three quarter life crisis. Did bug die? Bug is alive and well. All right. I mean, I'd do Dodger. Are you going to do it next week here on the show? No. Well, boys and girls, stay tuned. Lots of shenanigans coming your way. Bruce shitting up. <laughs> oh my God. I knew that would get you until next time. He is at Bruce Pritchard. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad. And we are out of time. We're coming back next week for buried alive from 1996, right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard rock on. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. You ever hear some of my commercials and think to yourself, ah, that sounds too good to be true. That's probably malarkey. Here's the deal, man. It's real. Something to wrestle with, uh, Bruce Pritchard, is easily my favorite. I mean, I'm a, a diehard wrestling fan, and I always knew who Bruce Pritchard was, even though. Uh, he wasn't necessarily known as Bruce Pritchard on air. You start listening to the show and you start liking Conrad as a person. You're like, okay, I feel like I can trust this guy because he doesn't just let Bruce walk all over him. I emailed him and then Clint reached out to me and then it's been, it was a great experience after that. So our goal was to save money every month and we are saving over $200 a month. And we didn't add any additional time to the loan. So the life of the loan, we're looking at about a $50,000 savings. And what it means to me is uh, tuition for my kids, uh, pay off some extra debt. I have student loans, so we're going to pay those off. So our lifestyle is completely different. Go to savewithconrad.com because they will communicate with you in whatever way you are comfortable with. If it's text, if it's phone, if it's email, they're there for you. So definitely go to savewithconrad.com. We're routinely helping wrestling fans around the country, just like you save tens of thousands of dollars. How much can you save? Find out right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Remember how easy it was in your twenties. You had so much energy. You could get away with the late night drive throughs. You could even pinch a uh, trouser tent at a moment's notice. Well, that's because you had plenty of testosterone and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills, and the worst part, 
Once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. But isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering that pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone. And one of the easiest ways is by using legacy test stack from legacy sports nutrition. Test X nine has nine key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production and T assist is designed to supercharge T boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, the founder of legacy sports nutrition has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the ultimate test stack guys are feeling stronger in the gym. They have more energy and guys in their late thirties have reported morning wood for the first time in years. One even reported becoming a father after four years of trying, no matter what you do, if you're a guy having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling and performing better. Try the ultimate test stack today, and they're confident you'll love the results. Just go to LegacySups.com. That's LegacySups.com, L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com. And the promo code is Wrestle, and you'll save 10% off your entire order. That's LegacySups.com. That's L-E-G-A-C-Y-S-U-P-P-S.com, LegacySups.com. And the promo code is wrestle to save 10% off your entire order. And we thank LegacySubs.com for sponsoring today's podcast. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.